you are now about to experience the revive effect i'm your host matt celestio and if you want to learn to master your mind get the body you want and create the life you've always wanted to live you are in the right place at revive my mission is to create a better way of living for our generation by challenging the current ways we live every day and in each episode i bring you a radically different approach to fat loss a fresh perspective on life, and a new way of living to help you get to where you truly want to be in life. So kick back and let's jump into it. Welcome to The Revive Effect. The Bhagavad Gita, which is an ancient Hindu scripture, it says, For him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. But for one who has failed to do so, his mind will be the greatest enemy. Now, I think this is such an amazing quote to dive into today's topic because an enemy is something that opposes you or gets in the way of something that you're trying to attain. And for a lot of us, I believe that enemy is fear in our minds, right? And you're going back and forth with your mind, trying to overcome your fear of judgment or fear of failure. And it's creating this inner war, this inner battle between your mind and yourself And whoever really wins that battle is the one who's going to come out on top, the one who's going to control your behaviors, the one who's going to control your actions, even your thoughts and beliefs about yourself. So I think this is a really great precursor to jump into today's topic, which is how fear can actually be something that makes you more successful and you can view it as more productive. I know that's a pretty crazy statement, but just wait around and you're going to see exactly what I mean. So are you someone who is stuck in this fear-based mentality, you're scared of other people judging you, and you're maybe scared of failing about trying a new exercise program, even writing a book, starting a business. It's just that fear of judgment, fear of failure, it takes over you and consumes you, and you never seem to make that leap to make that change, right? Why is that? And today we're gonna cover that. So first of all, if you are somebody who said, yes, that's exactly what I sound like, Matt, I wanna let you know you are not alone. I know how awful that feels like because I've once been in your shoes, right? Back when I started Revive, that was a pretty scary stuff, right? You're being vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there to judgment and even failure if it doesn't go how you expect, right? So I know exactly what you're going through. So that's why my intention with this episode today is to take you out of that fear-based mentality. It's to launch you into somebody who's confident and driven and hungry for growth And they don't seem to, you know, kind of get stopped in their tracks when they're ready to make that change. So with that in mind, today we are going to cover how you've actually been brainwashed into living the life that you don't want to live. Next, we're going to touch on why you feel so endlessly stuck and why it's so hard to make the changes you want most in life, right? These are the things we say we want the most, but yet we never seem to make the change. Why? We're going to cover that today. And lastly, but not least, we're going to cover why you actually need struggle and hardship to create the life that you've always wanted to live. We have some pretty juicy topics today, so stick around and let's jump into it. All right, all right, all right. So we're talking about right now how you've been brainwashed into living a life that you don't really want to live. Now, I know that might seem a little uh, hocus pocus if you're hearing that for the first time. And we're going to dive into some pretty crazy stuff today that might shift your perspective about why you are the way you are and how heavily influenced you are by the people and places around you every single day and how they've shaped you into the person you are today, whether you are aware of that or not. So what I want to start with is think about back when you were a kid, 
back when you were in elementary school, grade three, maybe even kindergarten, all right? We're told right from the get-go what quote-unquote success is. You know, go to school, get married, get a nice job, buy a house, settle down, right? We're told that is the script that we should follow in life. And if we don't do that, or if we deviate from that path, you know, we're either behind or we're not, we're not successful. And I noticed that really, really uh, importantly in my life because I look at people on my Instagram feed and, you know, I'm just 23, but people around my age, like they're getting married, right? They're having kids, they're buying houses, right? And I'm seeing this on a day-to-day basis and I'm going, oh my gosh, man, I'm single on a Friday night wondering why gluconeogenesis doesn't eat at your fat reserves, right? I'm, we have totally separate paths in life right now and because I've been conditioned into thinking, and even you've been conditioned into thinking that's the path to success, when you look at that and you realize ah, you don't have that, it creates this fear of, oh my gosh, I'm behind, or you know, people are gonna judge me because I'm not where others are. But it created this inner dialogue where I'm constantly thinking, why am I not that? Why don't I have that yet? And I never really taken a step back to say, why am I thinking like this? Like, I don't even want that right now. Like, I don't want to be married, right now at least. I don't want to buy a house. It's expensive. You ever seen the price of houses in Toronto? I'm not trying to do that. But yet, because this is what I've been conditioned and brainwashed into believing is success, and because I now see everybody else doing it, it's creating this fear of judgment because others are going to think I'm not as good as them, or fear of failure because I'm not where they are right now in my life. I think I'm behind the curve, right? So just take a second to think about how much not only from when you were a kid and how you've been told what success is, even your identity, how much it's been shaped by others by telling you what success is or what you should do. Think about that for a second. So just to recap really quick, you know, go to school, get married, get a job, get a nice house, right? That's what we're told to do. But you're always asked as a kid, you know, what kind of job do you want to be when you grow up, right? It's very different if they were to ask you, you know, what do you want to what do you want to experience when you grow up you know what would make you happy would this make you happy right they're kind of nudging you in a direction that kind of ushers you down the path that they believe to be success even if they're kind of leaving it open-ended right so to give you another example imagine if you were asked as a kid you know what sport do you want to play and a lot of parents think this right i got to keep my kids busy keep them active because otherwise they're going to get into some you know drugs or whatever the case may be if they had the spare time. So they're already asking you, what sport do you wanna play? Now, what they're doing, it's very powerful and it's happening at a subconscious level that you're not even aware of. You know, instead of asking you, do you even wanna play sports? Or do you even like sports? Right, you're thinking as a child, okay, my parents want me to play sports, so I better just pick one, right? And the same goes for, you know, instruments. Kids might be stuck playing the piano their whole life, meanwhile, they wanted to pursue art. You know, some kid might be in full elite soccer, but they actually want to be a dancer. And it's because they're told from a young age what kind of life they should be living, right? Even if you were to ask those questions right now to yourself, you know, what do you want to experience? What kind of person do you want to become? What kind of actions do you want to do every day? Instead of what kind of job do you have? Your answers are going to be very different. It's going to be totally different if you were asked back then and even right now. So just to recap real quick, From a young age, we are told what we should want. And if we are not just told directly, we're nudged in that direction by having questions that influence us. So now what this really does, again, this is very powerful. It shapes your identity without you even 
kind of putting in some say to that identity, right? We're so conditioned and we're so taught to live the lives people are telling us to live that once you take any other action that's not aligned or, you know, in line with that belief or that identity that you have, that's where that fear of judgment sets in. That's where that fear of failure sets in. So to give you another quick example, when I mean identity, imagine if your parents said, uh, growing up, you need to be an academic. You need to have good grades. That's going to get you a good job. And you need to be intelligent so that you're better than others, right? That's creating a belief system within you from a young, young age that you don't maybe have the power to overcome, right? You're just kind of ushered into that lifestyle. So now you're in this mentality that you need to get good grades. You are the person who gets good grades. You are the person who's smart in the family. You are the person that others reach out to for help in school. So once you take action saying, you know what, maybe I really wanted to, you know, be an artist. If you're stepping out of line of that identity of being an intellect, there's going to be a big fear gap there. Your mind is going to be saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You do not do this kind of stuff. What do you think you're doing going to do art? Go do math or science or do something that actually gets you somewhere in life. And that's because that's your belief system and that's not your fault. That's happening at a subconscious level where you don't even know that because you're doing these self-sabotaging behaviors that it's going to keep you where you are without you even knowing. So just to, just to recap, when you're talking about programming your subconscious brain or shaping your identity, it's happening at this level that you're not aware of because others are influencing you. So when you're programmed or when you're influenced into what identity you want to live, it's a, it's a result of repeated and repetitive actions and beliefs and thoughts every day. So, right, if you're told every day, get good grades, get good grades, good job on your test, great job on your test, that's going to further hammer home the belief and those thoughts that are repetitively coming to you that you are supposed to be intelligent. That's the way you're supposed to be. And at that subconscious level, your subconscious is doing something very kind of counterproductive in terms of if you wanted to branch out in life. So once you've established that belief and that identity, you now fully and wholly believe that to be true about yourself, right? So that's where you get cozy. That's where you get comfortable. That's what they call your comfort zone, right? You only know how to take actions that are in line with the person you believe to be. You only know how to have thoughts that are in line with the person you need to be. So let me give you an example. If you're constantly seeing on social media, Oh, all these people are so fit. They're so healthy. They're so happy. If you've developed that belief system that you are not fit, you are out of shape. You cannot get to where they are in life because you are not cut out for that, right? Now, when you start thinking about eating healthy or starting a diet, weeks three to four, you start to notice that consistency and motivation you had at the beginning. It just vanishes, right? You start finding yourself watching movies again with those chips or you start going out for McDonald's at lunch again instead of packing the lunch that you wanted to help progress your life. Now, why is that happening? What is going on with you? And it's because you're programmed your subconscious to believe that identity about not being enough or being out of shape or being overweight. It's not in line with the new actions that you're taking. You know, packing a healthy lunch or exercising or maintaining a healthy diet, that's not the old you. That's not what old you did, right? So once you start taking those actions, even if they're beneficial for your health, that's asking your subconscious mind who likes its comfy home to step out of it and to venture into uncharted and unpredictable territory. And that's where it creates this disconnect and it starts self-sabotaging you by making you so fear-based and full of this 
um, fear of judgment mentality, right? That's happening at a subconscious level. You can't even help that. So if you are somebody that's saying that, you know, I can't get fitter or I have these crazy limiting beliefs about, you know, starting something new, or you give into your self-sabotaging behaviors to actually not get you where you want to be, you might be what I call a revived fat loss straggler, right? This is somebody who's behind the curve. They don't know how to master their mind and have it work with them to overcome these behaviors, to overcome those self-sabotaging ones, and to actually be driven and hungry for growth instead of timid and shy and cowered back when they're trying to make that change, right? Us Revive Fat Loss Insiders and a lot of us who have taken the, and even our students who have taken the Revive Effect Fat Loss Program, they have the tools to master their mind and they know how to work in as like this symbiotic relationship with their mind to help them be driven and hungry for growth. They know how to take those tools and put them into action so that they don't get succumb to those fear-based mentality and those self-sabotaging behaviors. Does that make sense so far? So... Just lastly, let's touch on why we all follow social scripts and first of all, what those are and how they can influence every identity that we have because we do have multiple identities, believe it or not. So think about how you act with your friends when you're out at dinner or out at the concert. Now, I want you to think about when you're at a dinner with your significant other's family, your extended family. See, my guess is you're going to be very separate people in those two different events and that's a good thing because it really gives us a quick shortcut on how to know how to act in certain situations, right? When you're at the bar with your friends, yeah, we can pop shots all night. But I'm pretty sure when you're at dinner with your significant other's family members, grandpa doesn't want you pouring shots down his mouth. So it does give you a beneficial shortcut to know how to act and know how to behave in certain situations. But my point here is that there's a really big double-edged sword with this. And it's because it shows how easily and automatically you are influenced by other people in other places, right? Just by being around them or just by being in them, your identity and your actions and your beliefs and your thoughts, they shift significantly whether you're aware of it or not, right? You don't have to think about going to the family dinner and not pour shots down grandpa's throat. You don't have to consciously think of that. You subconsciously say, okay, that action is probably not going to be good here. Let me not do that. Instead, you're more respectful, you're polite, you ask how they're doing, have conversations with them instead. However, when you show up to a bar with the energy that your friends are having and it's going to be a great night, you don't have to consciously think about having a good time and cutting loose. You just do that because that's the social script that you are supposed to follow and that you've been told to follow within those certain settings and within those certain people. Does that make sense? So your identity, it's influenced by so many people, whether you are aware of it or not. And what this is doing, because first of all, we hang out with so many people all the time. We hang out in so many different environments all the time. And because we're so heavily influenced by our teachers, our parents, our family, our friends, our coworkers, our office, our homes, what this really does is it creates multiple layers of these different identities that we kind of have to sift through in order to pick the one that's correct in a certain situation. Now, because we might have, you know, 10 or different identities and 10 different social scripts to follow, it can be easy to lose sight of who you really are or who, what you really value and what kind of person you really want to become, right? You're so busy following these other scripts or following every script that other people think you should be about yourself, right? It never gives you the chance to ask who you are when you're not acting out of this place of fear of judgment or fear of failure 
or fear of disconnecting from the identity that you think everyone else thinks you are. Now that's powerful stuff, right? You never take that step back to really connect with the true core of what kind of person you want to become. You know, what kind of values do you have? What kind of actions do you wish to put out into the world? When we're following these social scripts or we're going through our certain identities, we're no longer acting authentically. We're acting from a place of masquerade, someone who's not really us. And we're constantly playing characters in movies, right? We're in different movies, different genres, different places with different people. And we have to be able to adjust to that. But we also have to be able to take a step back and remember who you truly are. So that way you're able to detach from that fear of judgment, detach from that fear of failure and know that's not my real identity. That's just who I need to be in a certain situation, right? I want to be, you know, an artist or a painter. I want to be healthy. I do want to be intelligent. But however, if you're acting under the influence of somebody else's social script or somebody else's identity that they've given to you, it's going to be significantly harder for you to break free from that mentality and put you on the road to success to master your mind, your self-sabotaging behaviors that keep you stuck in that identity, that keep you stuck in that place of fear of judgment and failure. You know what I mean? So just to give you a really, really big example of that, think of method actors for a second, right? Method actors, they do this thing where they stay in character on and off the set, right? They go home and they believe they are the character they're doing. And they do this for a really powerful reason is because it really allows them to embody the actions and the characteristics and the thoughts of the character. So in essence, they actually become the character. Now, a really, really um, publicized example of this is think about Heath Ledger, the guy who played the Joker, right? People were saying on set he was so invested into his role that they almost said he lost the sense that he was Heath Ledger for a second and thought of himself as the Joker. Now, this is a really extreme example, but they said that Heath Ledger actually committed suicide, right? Again, we can never really know if this is because he was the Joker or not, or because he was method acting, but think about how dark the role of the Joker was, right? He had these negative thoughts and this horrible backstory in the movie that was not really positive. So if you're constantly consumed with those thoughts and beliefs and taking actions aligned with that identity, like Heath Ledger was being the Joker, coming from a place of fear, coming from a place of broken past and being broken right now. What is that doing to your belief system? What is that doing to your mind? And how is that going to affect the actions you take? And how much more scary is it going to be when you disconnect from that place that you've lived in for so long? Right? This is crazy stuff to think about. And it can really put things into perspective for you when you're wondering why you're so stuck and feel so stuck in life whenever you try to make that change. Are you someone who feels endlessly stuck in life? And do you wonder why it's so damn hard to change that? You know, that's what you say you want most in life, yet every time you try to make that change and work out or try to eat healthy or try to write that book or start that business, you end up right back on the couch, right? Unmotivated, unfulfilled, and uninspired and almost stuck in, again, this fear-based mentality of failure. And what is going on with you? Why is that happening to you? And today we're going to shine some light on that right now. So let's talk about the general norm for what success is today. And a lot of that has to do with flex culture, which is pretty much, you know, who can make the most money, who can travel the world, who can be an influencer, who can accumulate the most things and show it off, right? That's what we've kind of classified as what success is today. And 
it's not just with social media because that's a huge component of it. Don't get me wrong. But think about the movies you watch, the magazines you read, the other content that you consume. It's all centered around this materialistic, egotistic, self-centered approach to being the best and looking the best and having the most money, right? So it's very easy after repeated exposure of this to create this subconscious belief system that you are not good enough to get there. You don't have enough to be that or you don't have the skill sets to attain what they have. Because if you're constantly seeing everyone else have this thing and you don't have it, your mind's going to say to yourself, okay, what's wrong with me? Why am I not able to be like that? And again, through repeated exposure and repeated, uh, and repeated ex um, access to this, you're going to be stuck in this fear-based mentality or this lack mentality that maybe I can never really get that. Or maybe I can never really be that. Because you now truly believe that to be true about yourself. Right? You're not looking for the good attributes you have if you're constantly seeing what you don't have. And being constantly on social media and constantly reading these magazines or watching these movies that show this, and they don't show how the person got there, you know, the struggle and the ups and downs to get to that point of success, it's easy to lose sight of that whole other uh, precursor, that story that got them to where they are. And when you're stuck in that limiting belief system, it's very hard to get out. And I know how hard that can feel on you. And my intention again today with this podcast is to help you get out of that and break free from that mentality. So let me show you exactly what I mean with one of my stories that I kind of fell subject to this problem as well. So back when I first launched Revive, we started as a clothing company. And I started, well, I think it was a year and a bit ago. And I remember working up to that point, I was like eight months into, you know, doing branding, finding manufacturers and things like that. And the way I wanted to launch it, or at least I saw it in my head, was I'm going to get super ripped and super jacked and I'm going to post that shirtless picture to show the struggles and successes that I had along my journey and show people that, you know, I'm all that. I'm top, top dog. Now, however, at this time, this is when I was eating a vegan diet and I guess I wasn't doing it correctly because I lost a lot of weight during that time. So even though I was lifting, that when I took the picture that I was going to post for my launch... I told myself, I'm way too skinny. I don't like the way I look. And I actually didn't end up posting that picture because I was so insecure in what other people were going to think of me. And I had this fear-based mentality of judgment and failure that I didn't get to what the people on Instagram looked like. Right? There's so many jacked guys on Instagram. They're everywhere you look. And I know myself right now, like, I'm still not as jacked as them. But back then, that really bothered me because you know I was doing everything right. I was eating my calories, eating my protein, lifting heavy weight, yet I was still in shape. First of all, let me say that. I was still in shape, yet I was still um, in this lack mentality that I wasn't as in shape as the people I see on my Instagram feed. I wasn't as strong as them. I wasn't as able to lift the heavy weights that they do. And because of that limiting belief and that lack mentality, I didn't end up posting that progress that I made through those eight months for my launch. Now, instead of being, you know, Matt, hey, you worked hard. Good job. You can lift more weight. Your body looks great. I said, no, I need more weights. I need more calories, more meat, and I need to go to the gym more. And that was my automatic thought process, right? I never took that step back. And I never said, you know, do I want to be jacked? Do I want to be consuming 4,000 calories a day for the rest of my life just to look good for my Instagram feed? And you'll find a lot of the time that 
once you disconnect from that fear of judgment or that lack mentality that society and the market places on you, you don't really want those superficial things. You want something more deeper, more intimate with yourself. So I just want to address that right now, Shwain. I'm not in your shoes. We're going to touch on how to fix this in a bit. But what I want to touch on right now is how other fat loss programs don't address this mentality aspect, right? For someone who's not seeing results, like, like myself, it's very easy to get blindsided by no motivation because you're not seeing the results that you want, right? Again, that fear that you had at the beginning of what if I fail? What if I fall off? That's happening to you when you don't see those results. And that's inevitably why you stop. So you never have to face that for sure answer that, you know, you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to be successful. It's easier to quit than to face that reality. Does that make sense? Right? Your mind dictates your actions. It dictates your behaviors and it dictates your beliefs. And it dictates that much more than the calories and the nutrition labels on your food that you're putting into your fat loss app. And it dictates that much more than the super complex, super science-backed, research-based exercise program you're following. Without mastery, without mastery of your mind, without mastering your limiting beliefs and your self-sabotaging behaviors, you are going to stay stuck where you are in an endless cycle of fear and judgment and guilt because you never were able to take that leap to see what if. What if you were actually able to do it right this time? What if you were actually able to get what you wanted to be in life? And without mastery, you are, again, what I would call someone who is a fat loss straggler, somebody who's behind the curve and doesn't have that control over their mind or that symbiotic relationship to work together to make pursuing new things easier, to do it more confidently, right? Us Revive Fat Loss Insiders and the people who have taken the Revive Effect, our students, they have the tools to do this. They know exactly step-by-step how to take their minds, work through all those limiting beliefs, and then set them up to a road to success. And even when they are hit with those self-sabotaging behaviors and those beliefs, they know how to counter that and they know how to set back up right on the road to success like they never missed a beat. And when you're stuck in that fear-based mentality and it feels like you're just going to live there forever, it's because you've never really attempted to break free. You've never attempted to recognize who you really are, what you truly want, or even show up driven and hungry for growth if you don't know what that feels like and if you've never taken a step back to disconnect. Are you with me so far? Now, how do we fix this? And are you going to be stuck like this forever? And the answer is no. I know how scary that could feel. I know how endlessly stuck you can feel, but there is a way out. There's a better way to do it. And to answer that question, let me start with the content you consume. Have you ever taken a second to think how much that's influencing you? Right? Are you watching the news or are you reading motivational books? Right? Are you scrolling Instagram or are you, are you on LinkedIn connecting with people who embody the, the qualities that you want? Right? Haven't you ever wondered how much and how significantly the content you are consuming is influencing your behaviors, your beliefs, and your thoughts? Right? The people around you and the places you spend your time, they influence these things that we all live our lives by intentionally or unintentionally and they influence your values, right? We never really take a step back to say, what do I value? Have you ever done that for yourself and sat down and said, you know, I value X, Y, Z. For me, I've taken a step back and I've clarified my values as time, my health and well-being, and personal development. I know that like the back of my hand and I live my life by my values all the time. Now, when you're constantly consumed with this content that may be fear-based or negative, 
it's going to influence your values that you don't even know you have. So you're going to take actions aligned with those values. So to give you an example, think about the first day of high school you went to, right? You had no idea where to turn in the hallways. You had no idea where nothing was. And just to compensate and not look like a loser, you probably said, let me just follow the flow of traffic until I find my class, right? Even if you needed to go left, but the traffic was going right, you go, okay, let me go right until I find my way. And that's the same thing that you're doing by just kind of turning off your mind and tuning into this content that is influencing your behaviors. You're just going with the flow and you don't really need to go in the direction that you truly need to. And you're just kind of hoping you find your way around, right? You're, you're mindlessly wandering the metaphorical high school hallways to get to where you think you want to be in life. Now, think about over time when you're back at high school in third year, you knew the ins and outs of the school. You know where the best bathrooms were, you know where all the teachers were, and you know where the vending machine kind of let out a little bit of free food so you could jimmy it and get it out. Now, why is that? And it's because you took the time to learn. You took the time to investigate the school, to explore it, and to further clarify exactly what you need to do in it. Now, granted, you couldn't quit high school. Your parents probably didn't let you do that. So you were kind of forced to learn and adapt. But now think about how you felt in third and fourth year of high school. You were more comfortable. You are more laid back. You actually weren't scared to walk in the hallway and get lost, right? You knew exactly where you were going and you knew exactly how to get there, right? You learned over time and you took a step back and you further clarified what you need to do in life. And that's exactly why when you clarify your values, it can do the exact same for you in life, right? And I believe this is why so many people fall off of exercise programs or quote unquote fall off because you know, they lack that direction they need to get them where they need to go in life, right? They're just aimlessly doing things like the first day you did in school, right? They're saying, oh, you know, let me start packing lunches or let me start, you know, eating more fruits and veggies, right? That's the equivalent of saying, you know, let me go right in this hallway and let me see if I stumble upon my classroom, right? There's no direction. You're just mindlessly doing things, hoping you get a result. And that's exactly what someone who we call the fat loss stranglers do, right? They're wondering why they can't stick with the program why they can't stick with their diet, why they can't stick with their new lifestyle that they want to attain. And if you find yourself asking those questions or you find yourself being subjected to this, you might be what we call a fat loss straggler, right? Our students in the Revive Effect, our fat loss insiders, they've broken free from that mentality. They have that direction. They know exactly how to get to where they need to be and where that destination is. And it's because one piece of the puzzle to the Revive way of life is what we call it, is because they've clarified what they value. You know, what do they want in life? What do they want to spend their time on? Why do they want to take actions in line with those values? They know. They have clear direction and they have a clear idea of exactly how to get there. Now, going back to the beginning of this podcast, or if you're watching this on Revive TV, this is or I'm I'm referencing part 1 of this video, we're never told what or we're never asked what we want. We're told what we want. Right. So again, when we're told what we want, in essence, we're told what we should value. Right. If your parents said you need to be good at getting good grades and you need to be intelligent, you now value school. You know, you now value grades because that's just subconsciously what your mind associates with intellect. Does that make sense? So the Revive way of life, what we call it here at Revive, is we clarify the values. That's the first step of the Revive way of life. And what this does for you is it creates this roadmap that guides your decisions and you're 
you're given this way, this easy way of saying yes and saying no to the things that either align with it or they don't. And this makes sure that you don't give in to temptation. You don't give in to distraction and you don't give in to your self-sabotaging behaviors. You know exactly where you need to go and you know exactly why you need to get there and how to get there. So lastly, right now, what I want to touch on is when you start, you know, maybe disconnecting from that identity that other people have told you to live by and you kind of craft your values in a way that is a different or makes you into a different person. It's going to create disconnect with a lot of your friendships or even some of your family members that, you know, thought of you as a certain way or saw you in a certain light. So just as an example, if you are someone who is part of a friend group who likes to stay home, they like to smoke weed and they like to watch movies, yet you want to be fit and you want to explore the world. Once you clarify that you want to be healthier and you want to start exploring and experiencing new things, your friends are going to kind of take that as an act of violence towards them because you're not acting in alignment with who they know you were before, right? Before you like to chill, you like to smoke, you like to hang out. But now all of a sudden you have different values. You value adventure, you value your health and the actions you were taking before that, that doesn't align with the new you. So as a result, you can might, you might find that disconnect between people and you might find that's why you, when you hang out with them, they feel toxic almost. They drain your energy and that's because you guys have disconnecting values, differentiating values. And I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, you will lose some people in the process and that's okay. Now, what I really want to hammer home here though is you don't need to cut everyone out of your life. You can cut out the talk to people by all means, cut them out. They don't serve you anymore and you know that. However, it may not be in your best interest to cut out every single one of the people that you know, even if they don't really align with your values. If As long as they're not bringing you down and dragging you back to where you were, you don't need to cut them out. Now, think about Drake's line for a second in Fair Trade. You know, I've been losing friends and finding peace. Like, when that song came out, I, unconsciously, I go, this song I know is going to blow up because of that line alone. And that's because a lot of our culture is really shifting and they're kind of getting their values straight or they're getting their priorities straight. And that's why they really cut people off is because they don't align with the new them. Now, you will be finding peace. Like Drake says, you will find peace in being alone and being with yourself, not by yourself, but with yourself. Now, when you cut everyone out though, every, every single person that you know, it really puts a damper on your motivation and your health because I believe social investment and people that you hang around, they really are the best investment you can make, right? So if you're not going to cut all these people out, or if you are going to cut all these people out, what kind of people do you need to invite into your life that have those kind of same values and, you know, make you feel better about yourself? You need to find people who have the same beliefs and values that attributes that, that contribute to what you want. Right? If you want to be fit, find people who value fitness and value health. If you, want to be, if you want to be a millionaire, find people who value wealth and time and hang around them. Right? When you find people who embody the actions and the attributes and characteristics that you want, slowly over time, you will become, you will become that person. Think about, think about the stoners at school. Right? Your parents always said, don't smoke weed, don't smoke cigarettes because... Once you're hooked, you're hooked. And that's going to change who you are as a person. And you've seen people, if you can think of somebody in your head right now, who you may be known before they started smoking and after they started smoking, how completely different are they right now? 
Do they take different actions? Do they have different behaviors? And my guess to that answer is yes, they do. And that's because they've now taken up new actions, they've taken up new behaviors, and they've hung around people that influence their behaviors or who embody new behaviors. So over time, you're naturally going to pick up on those things. Now, this is, this is a really big thing with fear because you're, this fear of changing really disconnects from the identity that you were supposed to have before. And this is beneficial for you because number one, it gives you guidance. And number two, it gives you community. And what I really want to reference here is a quote from Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And it further hammers on everything we talked about today. There's nothing wrong with a society that offers models of what a fulfilling life might look like. Like getting married, buy a home, and have a child, get promoted. But if we take these goals without reflection and never understand why we don't own a home, or why we're not happy where we live, why our jobs feel hollow, and whether or not we even want a spouse or any of the goals we are striving to fix, we really need to start looking at that from a deeper level. Don't let people's definitions of success and happiness dictate your choices. Okay, so in this part, we're going to talk about why you actually need fear and you need struggle and hardship to create the life you want to live and how much of a big contributor and how influential it can be for you to create this life and push you on the path to success. And with this in mind, I want to start with a story. And I found this on Instagram, believe it or not. And it was, it was this great story about a grandfather talking to his son. And it explained why struggle is so important and how without it, your life could just be taking a turn for the worse. So it states, my grandfather walked 10 miles to work every day. My father walked five. Now I'm driving a Cadillac and then my son is driving a Mercedes. And with that, my grandson will be in a Ferrari. But he said, here's where it gets interesting. My great grandson, he will be walking again. And he asked him, why is that? And he said to me, tough times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. And easy times create weak men. And weak men, they create tough times. He said to me, many will not understand, but you need to raise warriors. Now, this is such a perfect intro to this part because society really highlights our insufficiencies. They highlight what's wrong with us and where we're really struggling. And with that feedback and that criticism, it's easy to kind of roll over and, you know, either fall off and be subject to our fear of failure or we can use that fear like those strong men in the story and create times of success of prosperity and use that as our fuel and our fire to get to where we want to be in life as a means to improve rather than you know roll over so in terms of how much society really highlights your insufficiencies think about when you're in school right if you got four b's on your report card but one d people are going to focus on that d where do you need to improve? Do you need a tutor? Do you need extracurriculars? Do you need more homework? Why don't they focus on the four B's? That's your strengths. Why didn't they focus on those? Even employee reviews, right? They say, yeah, you did X, Y, Z pretty good, but where we need to focus on and in terms of improving, and then they have a whole paragraph, whole essay and all these notes to show you how to improve. They don't focus on your strengths. Again, they're focusing on your weaknesses. And this constant repetition of these insufficiencies and this criticism that's going to trickle into your everyday life. And oh my goodness, that feels so discouraging, does it not? People are constantly pointing out what's wrong with you. They're constantly pointing out what you don't have or what you're not good enough at. And this is where you have two options. 
Again, one roll over or two, use that as product productivity. So that's where I want to say that fear of failure is good. And it gives you a benefit because number one, it highlights your strengths, right? But it also highlights where you can develop strengths, right? If you are not good at, let's say, listen, you're not good at running, right? And you want to get in shape. If you wanted to take up running, you now have the opportunity to either say, you know what, I'm just not good at running and everybody else knows that. Or, you know what, I have this incredible opportunity and all this untapped potential right at my own will to improve my running ability, to come up from where somebody said, you're not gonna be able to do that. And into somebody who says, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I proved everybody wrong. And this is where you can start seeing fear as productive. And this is where fear is beneficial for you. This is where it gets you to where you wanna be in life. And again, you're being raised, as the story says, as a warrior, right? You're not raised in a time of easiness and times of easygoing, right? You're developing those strengths and those abilities from those ups and downs. And you're really putting yourself to the test and breaking through plateaus and breaking through norms that you didn't think was possible for you. And that's where fear is beneficial for you. Does that make sense? Now, let me tell you a story. Let's start with a story. Back when I started Revive, way, way back, we started, again, as I told you, with clothes. We started as a clothing company. But I wanted to give something a little more. So we also did nutrition and workout videos to kind of teach people how to work out, you know, how to eat healthier. And I thought it was a good idea. And we had really good intentions behind that. However, I hated doing the videos. Back then, I had my team who was helping me and they were feeding me information. They were feeding me advice and tips about nutrition and wellness and fitness because I didn't know anything. I was just the face. I was just kind of regurgitating to me what they said. And that's why as a result, I hated doing the videos because I had no idea what I was saying to people. I had no idea if I was even saying the stuff correctly. And that's where I said, okay, we need to take a step back and we need a pause. And I put everything on pause. I put the whole business on pause for about eight to nine months. And that's a pretty crazy thing to do because we just launched like three months in and then I stopped it. And I said, look, I'm going gonna, gonna to clarify my weaknesses right now. And my weaknesses were nutrition and fitness and knowledge about that. And fear in front of being in front of the camera and talking to those ideas and those topics. And instead of rolling over and just, you know, kind of giving up, I said, let me take these nine months and let me educate myself. Let me see where I can develop strength and where I can increase my knowledge to give you the best information that I know possible. In that time, so in that time, I became a certified personal trainer. I read... Oh my God, I read so many nutrition and psychology and sleep books in order to kind of give my knowledge another further uh, place for it to flourish, to get more knowledge. And right now, speaking of all more certifications, I'm doing my sleep stress management and recovery certification, right? I educated myself about the areas that I lacked in or the areas that I was fearful in presenting to other people, right? Again, I could have just rolled over. I could have let that fear consume me and you could not be listening to this podcast right now. Revive would not be a company right now. It would have just stopped completely because of my fear-based mentality, because I don't have enough or I'm not smart enough, right? I could have thrown in the towel because it was too hard. Yet in those nine months, everybody sees the final product now. They see my podcast, they see my, my program, The Revive Effect, they see my new website, the new business, but they didn't see that struggle up to this point now. They didn't see all the hardship I went through. They didn't see all the lonely nights of me working through what I needed to work through to get to where I am today, to make sure I'm comfortable and confident in myself and in front of the camera and giving you the best information I know possible. 
They didn't see that, but you will. You will see every single struggle, every single up and down that you get to where you need to be when you view fear as productive and when you view it as a means to get you to where you want to be in life and it gives you the exact thing you need to focus on, right? For me, I knew I needed to focus on health and nutrition. So that's exactly what I need to focus on. So for you, it might be, you know, you wanted to be more confident in front of uh, dates. Okay, maybe you started, you know, talking to more people, saying hi to the cashiers, striking up conversations with people in public. And then slowly you're going to build this snowball effect that contributes to your confidence so that you further are more confident and you hammer home this identity and this belief system that you are confident. You are now acting in alignment with the person you want to become, with the values you want to embody. And you're taking those actions and those behaviors and doing those beliefs every single day. So that's further going to hammer home that belief and identity about yourself. Now, I know that was a little bit of a rant, but does that make sense? Right? I used to be in fear of judgment, fear of failure. And I grew with it instead of, you know, it working against me. And you have the power to do the same. Because that's exactly what our Revive Fat Loss Insiders, that's what they know how to do. Our students through the Revive Effect, they have become Fat Loss Insiders here at Revive because they're now in control of their limiting beliefs. They're in control of their self-sabotaging behaviors, right? They know how to operate. They know how to work with their mind to make sure they're on the path to success more often than the times that they are off of it, right? So often people don't realize that they don't have, they have the power to do whatever they want in life. I believe you have the power. I believe you seriously have the power to create the body and life that you've always wanted, providing that you are armed with the right tools and the right guidance and the right means to get there. Okay, so to wrap everything up, let me reference you a study that it was published in Psychology Today and it references this very unique study in Arizona and it was called the Biosphere Experiment, right? They, these scientists created perfect living conditions within this huge glass dome for nature to thrive, right? It had the most nutrient-dense soil, purified water, so clean, uh, so much clean air. And what they found was over time, every time the trees continued to grow in the biosphere, something really interesting happened to them all at the same time. They would reach a certain point and then they would break and fall over every single time. And the scientists are thinking, how can this happen? What is wrong with the trees? They have everything they need. Comfy environment, lots of sunlight from the glass dome, they have purified water, clean soil. What is their problem? Why are they not you know, growing to where they're supposed to be? Why are they not growing big and strong like trees usually do? And they, come up, they came up with the realization that they forgot one crucial factor that was so important and so incredibly profoundly influential to the tree's success and maturity. They forgot to put wind in the dome. You see, when trees, uh, when trees get hit with wind, especially when they're young, they, they start forming things called, what's it called? It is called heartwood. Yeah, heartwood is the things that make trees stronger. They develop outer more layers of bark. And they also put in more roots to withstand that wind, right? So when these, when these trees within the biosphere were not getting that wind and they weren't getting that rough, that roughage from that wind, they're not going to form that heartwood. Or even if they do, it's going to be weak, which is exactly why they fell over. They didn't have the strength to support their, their, uh, their growth. They didn't have the strength to support that height that they had, that normal trees would if they were, you know, affected by that wind. And now trees, this is a metaphor, obviously, because trees need to be pushed around in order to get stronger. 
They need to be pushed around in order to build up wood that helps them solidify a foundation that sets them up for long-term success, right? If you look at any, any large tree right now, think about the biggest tree you've ever seen. Their trunk is ginormous, right? How much wind could hit that tree right now? And it wouldn't, it wouldn't, boom, it wouldn't move, right? There's a reason for that. And it's because the tree has built up a tolerance over time to withstand that, to take that criticism, to take that fear of judgment, to take that self-sabotaging behaviors and say, that's not for me. I know how to handle that. I know how to act in certain situations to keep me on my path to success so I can grow into the person I want to become. The same way the tree would take that wind and grow into the tree that it knows it is able to become. So again, you have the power to create the body and life you've always wanted. You just need to view fear as something that is productive and not something that is going to just self-sabotage you even more. With that, you're going to be able to learn to become driven. And instead of being, you know, subject to your self-sabotaging behaviors and roll over, right? You can either be strengthened or you can be weakened. And we let fear drive our behaviors every single day. Yet we're fearing the wrong things. You know, we're fearing that judgment. We're fearing that self-criticism. But yet what we should really be fearing is all the opportunities we miss because we didn't take that leap of faith. What would that look like for you if you didn't have that fear? All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you stuck around to the end and I'm so grateful that you took the opportunity and your time to spend it here with me at The Revive Effect. So if you like what you heard today, please, I ask that you share this podcast with somebody who needs to hear the information or even if you did like it, please subscribe, give us a like, give us a comment, even email us and tell us what you liked about the podcast. We appreciate you so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, again, Don't be afraid to visit our website, R-V-I-V-E official, reviveofficial.ca to learn more and keep up with all the latest and greatest things that we are doing today. If you are someone who is feeling insecure, they're unhappy, unhealthy, and stuck in fear, I've created the Revive Effect and my company Revive in order to transform you into somebody who is the fitter, healthier, happier you, who is more confident than they've ever been in their entire lives and who's driven and hungry for growth every day and actually wakes up energized and happy. So give a look over to our website because that's where you're going to find all the latest and greatest information and tools and resources in order for you to attain that and make that vision of yours a reality. So I'm Matt Celestio. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple weeks here on the Revive Effect podcast.